just lift your hands to heaven. Father, we just thank you for your presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. We thank you, Lord, your presence is here to do us good. We thank you and praise you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. I just, that scripture came to mind. It said, uh, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings of eagles. And I just saw as I just walked on here now that there were some of you that literally there's an issue that you've been dealing with that's about to fly away. That literally that you were worried about something, you came here, and there was a couple of you who were tempted not to come here today because you thought, I've got so much I've got to deal with. I've got so much I've got to address. And you thought, no, no, I'm going to come to the house of God today. And I just felt the Holy Spirit say that as you've done that, the issue that was trying to distract you, the issue that was trying to uh, burden you, I just saw it just been floated away, that you're going to go back and over the course of this week, you're going to see that that has immediately dissipated. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for those people, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, your word says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these other things will be added unto you. And I thank you, Lord God, that as they've sought first your kingdom, Lord God, that some of these peripheral things are about to evaporate, Lord God. The hills are about to melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. And I thank you and I praise you for it, Lord God. And I thank you ahead of time for those things that are those distractions, Lord God, those things that were coming in, Lord, to take away their focus, Lord God. I thank you, Lord, that some of those are just about to drift off, that as other people look at those things, they might think that wasn't and such a big deal, but it was draining for some of these people. And I thank you, Lord, that is just about to evaporate right now, Lord. I thank you for it. And I praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Anyone said? Let's give him a hand of praise. He's awesome. Turn the person next to you, bump elbows or tap feet and say, I don't have the coronavirus. And uh, so good. <laughs> praise God. Thank you to our worship team. How awesome. So good. Let's give a round of applause. And uh, we got, uh, how good that we got such great young people leading us in worship. And uh, such a blessing. It's so good. And uh, so good. And uh, we have uh, one Johnston leading worship today, which is wonderful. Uh, and the awesome thing is that family has eight more. And uh, which is really, really good. Uh, they were thinking of starting their own TV show. Uh, traveling musical band called the Partridge Family. And, uh, but anyway, it was so good and so well done, fantastic and so good. And uh, a lot of our ladies uh, are down in Sydney at the moment and uh, down at uh, a Colour Conference down there, so which is, and they've been incredibly blessed. And uh, a big, uh, you know, thumbs up to all the blokes here today that came without their wife. Uh, and uh, well done. And it's also, you Gary Swenson. How are you, mate? Good. Have you said hello to Gary already? No. Hi, Gary. Good to see you, mate. And uh, this is so good. And uh, we, we are Gary's church home. Praise God. And he comes here like three, four times a year. It's awesome. And uh, it's uh, so good to see you, mate. And uh, praise God. And it's so good to be in the house of God. Amen. Uh, if you've got uh, your Bibles, uh, turn with me uh, to Second Kings. Second uh, Kings chapter 4. Second Kings chapter 4. And I'm going to read verses uh, 8 to 10. Second Kings uh, chapter 4, uh, verses uh, 8 to 10. Uh, and it says this. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, where there was a notable woman, and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. And she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us regularly. Please let us make a small upper room on the wall. Let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. So it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I just ask and pray for the miracles that we can experience, even when we don't realize we're going to get them. I thank and praise you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Uh, amen. Uh, in this passage of scripture, we see the prophet Elisha, and he's obviously ministering a fair bit in a town called Shunem. So he's passing through there, and there was a lady there that she realized that she was a man of God uh, and represented the kingdom of God. And so she opened up her house for him to come and have a meal. Uh, like any typical itinerant minister, whenever you know there's a place that will give you food, you tend to walk by there a lot, uh, quite a lot. And so whenever he's in that town, he passes by, and she just so happens to open up her house and allow him to come and have uh, a free feed. Uh, eventually, she said to her husband, she says, you know what? He's ministering so often in our town. Why don't we expand our house? Why don't we put an extension on our house to make room for the kingdom of God? They weren't going to use it for themselves. Uh, they were even just preparing uh, for the kingdom of God in their town. And so they expanded it. They made room for the man of God. They didn't make room and extension because they needed it. Uh, they were barren. They didn't actually have any children. And yet they put an extension on their house for the kingdom of God. And so because of that, they made room for this prophet. What they didn't realize at the time was because they sacrificed and made room for expansion, God had miracles for them later on in their life. That literally this same woman, this widow, she actually, her and, sorry, she's not a widow, this barren woman, her and her husband received four miracles later on that were significant that she would not have get, would not have gotten if she did not sacrifice, put on an extension on their house to help expand the kingdom of God. Our church, as you know right now, uh, is the theme for this year uh, is actually called uh, Expansion. And so we are coming up uh, to, uh, we're starting two more campuses, as you know, uh, on April 5, we're launching, uh, uh, we're, we're taking over a church out at St. George, uh, and uh, which is awesome, and we met Nathan last week, who's a campus pastor, how awesome is Nathan? He's really, who wants to pay Nathan a visit sometimes out at St. George, and uh, that's awesome. Uh, and then also, too, uh, on April 19, uh, we're also launching our Logan Village campus uh, as well, and so we are in this year, the work for our church really uh, is expansion and so we are believing for that to happen so as Pastor Noah mentioned to you before uh, this week uh, we're embarking on a week of prayer and fasting uh, and believing God uh, in preparation seeding into the spirit for the success for these uh, ventures that we're about to step into also to next week we are receiving what we're calling an expansion offering so basically we're receiving an offering to go exclusively towards the establishment of these two campuses. So there's one-off purchases and things that we need to make to help set up these two campuses and to help transition the St. George campus uh, into becoming a King's Church. So next week we're receiving an offering and that will exclusively uh, go towards that. Uh, in thinking about that and in preparing that, uh, God had brought my attention to this passage of scripture that I'd read out to you about this woman and her husband who essentially sacrificially made room for God. They literally made an extension on their house, but because of that, they received miracles. I believe over the course of this next week, as we pray and as we fast, and at the end of the week, as we give, not only are we doing it for 
you know, good purposes to expand the kingdom of God. But I actually also believe that for those of us that participate in it, God has actually got miracles for us as well. That that's not the reason why we're doing it, but actually I believe that is actually going to happen. This woman and her husband extended their house, not realizing that, yes, they're helping out the kingdom of God, but not realizing that they themselves were going to receive miracles as a result. And so I believe that the miracles, and I felt prophetically God speak to me, that the miracles that this woman and her husband received are actually some miracles we're going to see break out in people's lives of our church as a result of this week that we're actually about to embark on. So I want to talk to you about four miracles that reside inside an expansion offering. Four miracles that I believe that are going to be available to us here, to the people of our church, as we participate over the next week, as we pray and fast, and at the end of the week, as we give towards this, I believe that there are some miracles that are available for us. Also, interestingly, as you would know, this term, I've been doing a series out of Isaiah 54, and we've called it Get Your Hopes Up. And in Isaiah 54, he says, sing, O barren woman. It's interesting, this woman that Elisha's talking to is barren as well. And he says, sing, O barren, and he lists a number of miracles that they're about to experience. Some of those miracles are ones this woman experienced as well. So I believe they're miracles that some of us are going to experience as well over the next season. So today's message is more of like a prophetic message that I believe people are going to experience and receive in their lives as a result of the things we're going to be doing uh, over the next week. Uh, The first miracle that she received uh, was this. It says in 2 Kings chapter 4, 14 to 17, so he said, when this is, when, what then is to be done for her? So he heard, Elisha heard about this extension on the house. He said to his servant Gehazi, he goes, this is unbelievable. I can't believe what she's done. And then he says, what then is to be done for her? She didn't do it to get anything. Her motive wasn't that. But even so, she was going to get something. Because Gehazi said, what then is to be done for her, oh, sorry, Elisha said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi had answered and said, actually, she has no son and her husband is old. So she doesn't say, he doesn't, Elisha doesn't say, oh, okay, I didn't realize her husband was old. If he was 25, maybe she'd be able to get this miracle. But because he's old, I don't think he's going to get it. Because you see, when God gives a miracle, there's expiry dates. Uh, there are some things a bit too hard for God. And because he's old, I guess then she can't receive a miracle. But that's not actually what Elisha says. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway. And then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, my Lord, man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. You would have thought she'd be jumping up and down. Awesome. I've been wanting this for my whole life. But she doesn't. She tells him, oh, be quiet. Don't say it. I don't want to get my hopes up. But he's basically saying, hey, sing, O Baron. Doesn't matter if you don't have kids. Doesn't matter if your husband is getting too old. And no, doesn't mean you go get a younger one either. You're about to get a breakthrough in an area where you have previously failed and been disappointed and previously been unfruitful, but now is your time. And so then she says, but the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come of which Elisha had told her. Previously barren, dead, unfruitful womb. 
was now teeming with life. The first miracle that she received was reproduction. Reproduction. She received a breakthrough in an area where she had not received a breakthrough before. You know, just because you've been waiting a long time and just because you've been experiencing favor in a, a failure in a particular area does not mean God cannot produce a miracle in that time. In fact, I believe that sometimes God waits so long just so that we know that when we get the miracle where it comes from. And so here she is, she receives this breakthrough and she receives this miracle, this miracle of reproduction, something that she had been believing for, something that, sorry, she had given up believing for, and all because she decided to expand and make a little bit of room. You know, this is the miracle, same miracle in Isaiah 54 verse 1. Sing, O barren, you who are without child, for more are the children of the desolate than the married woman. As you've heard me say many times before, the last thing I reckon you would want to say to someone who's disappointed, to someone who's been in defeat, to someone who is barren, hey, all right, chin up, sing. But how often does God come into our seasons like that? Times when we feel at our lowest, times when we feel at our flattest, and he gives us a prophetic word saying about the things that he's going to do. I'm here to let you know that there's some people in this place, God's about to produce some breakthroughs and miracles that you had long since given up on. That even now, as the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to you about some of these things on the inside, we say, would you just be quiet? I just got over it. I don't want to get my hopes up anymore. Well, unfortunately for you, the title of the series is Get Your Hopes Up. Even if you're barren, even if you're in defeat, even if you're in a situation which hasn't looked victorious, I'm here to let you know when God invades your situation, He can start saying, sing, because I'm what I'm about to produce. And this woman received that breakthrough and miracle because she first sacrificed for the extension and the expansion of the kingdom of God. She wasn't doing it for her. Why? She didn't have any kids. It wasn't for her. But as she made expansion for the kingdom, God produced breakthroughs and miracles for her as well. And I believe that for some people in this place, that over the next, uh, over the next um, week, as we pray and as we fast, and also as we come next week and seek God about what he would want us to contribute individually towards the expansion of these campuses, I believe that God has got some breakthroughs and miracles that you didn't even see coming. In the scripture, there are examples of people receiving miracles that they did not expect because of outstanding acts of generosity. You've heard me teach before on 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 7, and it says, That night God came to Solomon and said to him, ask of me whatever you want, and I'll give it to you. I've got to tell you, that's a pretty good night. I love a night like that. I love God just to turn up to me and say, hey, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. That's a pretty good night. I remember reading that with a little bit of envy. It's not fair. Why did Solomon get that? What's so special, special about Solomon that God would just decide to say to him, ask me whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And I thought, well, somehow maybe it was because Solomon was a king of Israel. But he's the only king of Israel that God said this to. So it mustn't be because of his position. And obviously then it's not necessarily because of his family. There must be some other reason why God chose him. God didn't do it sovereignly or off the cuff. Otherwise it would have said one night, one night, God just decided, you know what, I'm just going to go up to this guy Solomon and say, ask me whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Doesn't say one night. Doesn't say once upon a night. 
Once upon a night, no, don't say that because it's not a fairy tale. It's a holy word of God. It actually happened. It says that night. Why does it say that night? Well, obviously, it says that night because something must have happened that day. And it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 1, verse 6, it says that day Solomon came before the Lord and offered a thousand burnt offerings. Now, in that currency, that was a lot. That was not for the remission of people's sins. It wasn't a blood sacrifice. He can't do that. He's not a priest. It was actually an outstanding act of generosity. So that day, Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings. That night, God came to him unexpectedly and said to him, ask me whatever you want. I'll give it to you. And he asked that night to be wise and knowledgeable. And he became the wisest man, the Bible says, that history has ever known. Overnight, miraculously, breakthrough, not even through more study. He received a miraculous breakthrough he did not expect because of an outstanding act of generosity. Sometimes God can give you a breakthrough you didn't even see coming because you decide to sacrifice for the expansion of the kingdom of God. The first thing was reproduction and breakthrough. The second miracle, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 32 to 37, says when Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on his bed. So what had happened before this, um, the lady had given birth to the child, then the child grew. And then the child was out working in the fields with his father. And then all of a sudden he said, oh my head, my head. And he dropped dead and passed out. Passed out and dropped dead. And so obviously he probably had something like a brain aneurysm. They asked the mother, what should we do? So they picked up the boy. She said, put him in the prophet's room. So they put him in the prophet's room, in Elisha's room. And then she said, go and call for the prophet. So they called for the prophet, Elisha. And then it says here, when Elisha came into the house, there was the child lying dead on the bed. He went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth, his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked back and forth in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite Shunammite woman. So he called her and when she came into him, he said, pick up your son. So she went and fell at his feet, bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. So she receives a miracle and she receives a breakthrough. And then it dies. Have you ever had that happen? You feel like you got a breakthrough. You feel like you got a miracle. And then it dies. The temptation is, oh well, that's not my normal anyway. I'm going back to the way things really are for me and my family. That would have been the thought. But she did not accept that because she understood when God gives you a breakthrough, it means you're not going back. So she called for the prophet, believing that God would restore to her what he had first given her. The second miracle that she received, the second miracle in an expansion offering is restoration. Is restoration. God restoring what the enemy stole. You know, it's interesting, uh, Elisha doesn't say to her, listen, you got your miracle, you got a good, you know, 13, 14 years out of him, but now you're going back to your normal. He doesn't say that. He understands that when God gives you a breakthrough, it's not for you to go back to later on. That when God gives you a breakthrough, it's to move you onwards and upwards into a new season. That you're not to go back to how things were before. That that's actually what God 
that's actually what God wants. So often we receive a breakthrough and a miracle and the enemy tries to talk to us and say, hey, you're going to go back. God doesn't deliver you from something in order for you to go back to it. That's why the Bible says a dog doesn't return to its vomit. If God delivers you from your vomit, you don't go back to it. He actually wants you to move on. Yet sometimes because of our own patterns and sometimes because of circumstances, we kind of think, okay, well, that's how things have got to be for me. That would have been the temptation for this widow, for this woman, sorry. But she doesn't accept that. And she says, no, no, if he gave me a miracle to have this child, he's going to give me another one to see this child live. And there's for some of you here, there's like a little air of disappointment because you got what you thought was your miracle and then things started looking like they were drifting back. And I'm here to let you know that God, you can believe for God to restore what the enemy has stolen, to restore what the enemy has taken, that you do not have to put up and live with that, that we can believe God for that. You know, it's interesting. In Isaiah 54 verse 4, which is the main passage we've been talking about this term, the prophet Isaiah promises to the people, he says, do not fear, Isaiah 54, 4, do not fear, you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, you will not be put to shame, you will forget the shame of your, your youth and you will not remember the reproach of your widowhood anymore. You are not going back once God's given you a breakthrough. You are not going back. Those of you struggling with addiction, God's delivering you, I'm here to let, let you know, you are not going back. I do not care what your friends say. I do not care what other people say. God does not deliver you for you to go back. He's a restorer. And the enemy might be whispering to you in your ear, oh, this isn't going to last. This, is, this will eventually die. I'm here to let you know, you don't need to listen to that because our God is a restorer. If he provided the miracle for the deliverance and the breakthrough, he's going to provide the miracle for the restoration as well. Get your hopes up. It's time. And this week, I'm yelling. I didn't yell at Pimpama. <laughs> but I'm here to let you, but it feels good. I'm here to let you know that over the course of this week, as we pray, as we fast, and when we give, for some people, restoration's coming into your life. Amen. Praise God. The next one is this. 2 Kings 8, 1 and 2. He hasn't seen, Elisha hasn't seen the woman for a while. There's been a few chapters that go by. And, but now they bump into each other again. And in 2 Kings 8, 1 and 2. Then Elisha spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can. For the Lord has called for a famine. And furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God. And she went with her husband and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. So there was a famine about to hit the whole land where she was living. And yet the prophet came to her and warned her and told her what to do. So she left for seven years to the land of the Philistines. And her and her family were protected from the thing that hit everyone else. The third breakthrough, the third miracle that she received was protection, was protection. All through the scripture, the promise of protection for God's people. Isaiah, oh sorry, and Psalm 91 talks about how we're hidden in the shadow of his wings. It talks about how we don't have to fear deadly pestilence. 
That's why I'm personally not worried about the coronavirus. I'd rather listen to the good news than the bad news of the world. Amen? We're not going to let them decide. More people die on the roads. Amen? That's the last political thing I say. So, <laughs> but the thing is this. We don't need to live in fear and intimidation. Why? Because we can trust the Lord's protection. We can trust the Lord's protection. In Isaiah 54, of the promises that God makes to the people, the most common one is actually protection. Is actually protection. Isaiah 54 verse 14, In righteousness you'll be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. A thousand may fall here, ten thousand and another, but for God's people, it will not come near you. That's actually what he's saying. You can believe for God's protection. One of the strategies of the enemy to hold back the kingdom of God is intimidation and fear. Intimidation and fear with nothing behind it. It's like all smoke and mirrors. Intimidation and fear. So often that's what happens. In the history of the Israelites, in the Old Testament, there were times where intimidation and fear held them back from fulfilling their purpose. That's the whole story of David and Goliath. The Israelites were stuck in a holding pattern because the Philistines would bring their champion Goliath out in order to intimidate the Israelites. Until eventually, one day, a shepherd boy named David said, Hey, how come no one's fighting this guy? Haven't we got a cause? Isn't God with us? Why should we be why should we be fearful and allow intimidation to stop us from moving forward? And so he came and he took out Goliath and God's people were able to move forward. We do not need to give in to fear and intimidation. Why? Not because of anything great about us, but because we serve a God who promises to protect. We serve a God who promises to look after us. And here, a classic example is, there was a famine about to hit the whole land, but not the woman who created provision for the expansion of the kingdom of God. Amen? And I believe that for some people here, that God has called you to step out in a particular area, and you've been feeling intimidation and fear stopping you from advancing and moving forward. But I'm here to let you know that as you step forward, you'll be amazed at the doors that open. You'll be amazed at the things that you feared, how they dissipate, and you'll be able to continue on in the things that God actually has for your life. God, we serve a God who is a protector. Psalm 23 says this, Yay! 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 Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, It looks like death, but it's not. It's just a shadow. Don't allow the shadow to stop you walking forward through the valley, amen, till you get out the other side. Why why can I walk through the valley? Because I'll fear no evil. Why do I fear no evil? Because I'm Superman, no. Why do I fear no evil? Because I'm wealthy, no. Why do I fear no evil? Because he is with me. His rod and his staff will comfort me. His staff leads me, sometimes by the collar, and his rod whacks the enemies who might want to have a crack at you. Amen? And I'm harping on this way longer than I was going to, but there's somebody here you need to know, do not allow, allow fear and intimidation to stop you 
every time I've sensed, I've had in my life some significant shift forward, some significant breakthrough, there's so often been just like this fear rise up or some intimidation or some thought on what could go wrong. Let me tell you, if you spend your whole life being intimidated by what can go wrong, you'll never do anything. You never leave your house. You never go shopping, especially not for toilet paper. <laughs> Fear and intimidation can stop you from moving forward. And we are not people who need to worry about that. The righteous are as meek as a lamb. No, the righteous are as bold as a lion. Rawr. Lions don't care about nobody. I love the fact that we've got lions at every campus. Just to remind us, mate. Lions only run when they're killing someone. They never run away from anyone. You're looking at me. You're looking at me. You must be looking at me. I don't see anyone standing here. You're looking at me. <laughs> we need to have a level of boldness and confidence, not founded on our own ability, not founded on money, but founded on the fact that we serve a God who's a protector. Amen? And I hope I've driven that into your spirit today. God is with us, not against us. Amen? And if there is something coming down to wipe you out, he will just grab that staff like he did to that lady and pull you out of the way of that bus because he is a protector. Amen? And the last one is this. 2 Kings 8, 3 to 6. Came to pass at the end of seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines and she went to make an appeal for the king, to the king for her house and for her land. So she, for seven years she went to the Philistines. She comes back, there's going to be squatters, she's going to lose her land and property. She comes back to make an appeal. The success rate of that's probably not really high. But when she comes to do that, as Murray Averill mentioned last week in his sermon, there's actually like this supernatural coincidence that happens. Because right at that time, Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, was talking to the king about all the miracles that Elisha had done, including this woman. So it says, then the king talked with Elisha, talked with Gehazi, sorry, the servant of the man of God, saying, tell me please all the great things Elisha has done. Now it just so happened, as he was telling the king how he'd restored the dead to life, that there was a woman whose son he had restored to life, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, my lord, O king, this is the woman, this is her son whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she told him. So the king appointed a certain officer for saying, restore all that was hers. All the proceeds of the field from that day she has left the land until now. The fourth miracle that she received was actually provision. The potential was she'd be coming back to nothing. But she came back not only to reestablish her property, but even the income that they received in the seven years that she was gone. How awesome is our God. He promises provision. She would not have received any of this if at one point she didn't decide. Let's expand our house for the kingdom of God. Let's sacrifice. Let's make a little bit more room. She didn't even think there was anything in it for her. She was just happy to participate. But as a result, she received all these miracles. 
I told you that all these miracles that she experienced are actually promised in Isaiah 54. And this is one as well. Isaiah 54, 11 and 12 says this. O you afflicted one, tossed with the tempest and not comforted. Behold, I will lay your stones with colourful gems and lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your pinnacles of rubies, your gates of crystal, and all your walls of precious stones. He's saying that to a barren woman. He's exceeding her expectation for the provision that she's going to receive. We serve a God who promises to provide for us. But we also serve a God that can actually prosper us even more as well. Here, she put an ex- here, this woman put an extension on her house. And then she received all this provision later on as well. If you look through the scripture, probably the most common promise for generosity, the most common one for the giver, is actually a release of God's provision back into their life. Luke 6.38, give and it will be given back to you, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Proverbs chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. Proverbs 11.25. The generous man will prosper. Doesn't say the son of a businessman will prosper. Doesn't say the professional sportsman will prosper. Doesn't say the man who marries Kim, Kim Kardashian will prosper. The generous man, the power of your prosperity is in your hand. This woman eventually reaped that which she sowed. Bible says in 2 Corinthians, as we sow generously, we will reap generously. You know, the, if you want to talk about the most applicable scripture for our church for this week, is actually 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Because in that, He's talking about receiving an offering, not for the churches that are actually giving, but for the needs of the saints to help in other locations. And he makes all these promises to them. As you sow generously, you'll you'll reap generously. You'll be enriched in every way, he says, so that you can be generous on every occasion. I believe that's a promise for our church because we're doing that same kind of offering next week. An offering that for this particular one, we won't necessarily see at the campuses that are given it. But I promise you that God is no man's debtor. And just like this woman who probably didn't need an extension on her house, she received a bundle of miracles that she didn't even see coming, all because she gave in an expansion offering. Amen? (laughs) And I believe that for our church, my encouragement to you is this, that over the course of this week, later this year, last couple of years, we've done 21 days of breakthrough, three weeks of prayer and fasting. And this year, we don't feel to do the three weeks. I think it's because me and Noah are Tongan and uh, we've had enough. We just need a year off. And so this, <laughs> but we're re- I really felt to do a week leading into the launch of these campuses. So we're going to do in one week what we've done in three. Even more intense, even more focused. And as we give and as we pray and as we fast, we're going to help in the spirit establish these new works but there will be an overflow and breakthrough of blessing for all of us as we participate in it as well. Amen. I'm believing for healings. There's a family over at Logan Village and their daughter's got some serious health problems and they're from a church that uh, originally I think wasn't Pentecostal and so the concept of prayer and fasting was foreign to them. And I was talk, talked about doing the prayer and fasting and I said to her, I said, listen, as we do that, 
And as you're praying and fasting for the new campuses, you can pray and fast for your own life as well. Because I believe there's breakthroughs for you as well. Just like this woman, she did not give for herself, but she received a ripple effect of miracles that lasted over 10 years. All because she expanded and extended for the kingdom of God. Amen. So I want to pray for you. And I want to pray. Let's set aside. Let's call this week. This is Holy Week, okay? Pastor Noah, I think, has told you before, we've got prayer meetings and that sort of thing. We've got to meet at each location. And I encourage you to set aside a bit of time. You might not be able to fast for the whole week. Why don't you fast a, a meal a day? Or set aside one day and say, this is the day I'm going to fast. Why don't you, if there's a prayer meeting convenient to you, come to one of those prayer meetings. And then also in the midst of that, pray. Pray for what we might bring next week. We're not going to take pledges. We're not going to follow up. We're just going to come and pray and we're going to sow in towards these campuses. As a church, since we've been here, we do one major extra offering a year. This year, because of this, we're going to be doing two. We're still going to do the breakthrough offering middle of the year. That breakthrough offering will be tax deductible for those that desire it. This offering, because of what it's going to, is not tax deductible. And so if some of you are like, listen, I want to give it an offering that's tax deductible. This year we're doing two, then next year we'll go back to one. But then you can wait till the middle of the year if you want a tax deduction. But I still encourage you to seek and pray. What can I do? How can I contribute for the extension of this house? Create more room for the kingdom of God, but also maybe position ourselves for breakthroughs and miracles as well. Amen? And I want to pray for you as we set aside this week to believe God for these things that come and pass in our life. So with every eye open and every head up, why don't you stand to your feet? Lift your hands to and I'm going to pray for you. You know, Reedy Creek is not barren. We've given birth to babies before. We're about to give birth to more. Amen? We're going to extend and widen our family. Amen? Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person in this place. And I just pray you would speak to them. Speak to them how they might participate over these next seven days. How they might get involved. What they might choose to fast or what, they, what prayer meeting they might want to go to and what you might want them to give. It's just between you and them, Lord. And I just know, Lord, that as we position ourselves, not only are we building an extension to the house, but I also know that we'll be, unbeknownst to us, positioning ourselves for a ripple of effect of breakthroughs and miracles in our lives as well. I thank you for the miracles of the past. But Lord, I know there's miracles still ahead in our future. And I thank you for the miracles that many have been experiencing. But I know that there's more to come. I thank you and I praise you, Lord. I declare your blessing and favor upon every person in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship God in this place. He's an awesome God. Let's worship him.